Okay, today's daf is Shabbos, daf Samach Vav. We are on the Mishnah, bottom line, Samach Hey, Amid Beis. So another interesting Gemara, we have some Agarata, some ancient healing methods. So it's very interesting daf. So the Mishnah start, says, Hakitea, someone who's an amputee, Yoitze Bekav, Shalom, he's allowed to go out with a Kav, some type of a wooden foot or wooden shoe, he's allowed to walk out with that on Shabbos. Divrei Rabbi Meir, that is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. So that's the first part of the Mishnah. Rabbi Yossi, Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says it is Usr. We're going to see why, either because, as Rashi says, a, a sandal shall eat, a wooden shoe is not considered a shoe. We're going to see it comes up in Halacha. This, the, the, the Gemara here talks about Halitza, talks about Tumavetahara. So according to Rabbi Yossi, a wooden shoe is not considered a tachshit. Only leather shoes are considered a tachshit. That is why one cannot walk out with this on Shabbos. Rabbeinu Tam holds that the reason is because someone might, they might slip out and you might uh, end up carrying it on Shabbos because it wasn't a good fit. So we'll see how that plays out in the Gemara. The Mishnah goes by Durf, the top line on If this shoe has a base kibble, a receptacle where it could hold ketitin, which means some type of rag, but a soft cushion to put your foot in, so then it's considered a cleates, a wooden shoe that has ketitin, that has a base kibble for the rag, then everyone agrees that it will be tame. Let's say uh, the leather... Um, knee pads. So if you have the pictures in the, in the Gemara, or you have a, one of these Mishnayis with the pictures, you'll see that knee pads, imagine a, uh, an amputee wearing these pads. So it looks like your shin guards for your hockey players, your uh, catcher in baseball. To me in Midras, that if this person was a Zav, they would be called Tame Midras. Midras means that there's Tuma from a Zav if he just rests on something, he puts his weight on something. We'll explain a little more in the Gemara. That's one halacha. And the yoitzin behen b'shabes, because since this is an ornament for this person, this is what he wears, this is his his, uh, his baguette, his ornament, therefore he's allowed to go out with it on Shabbos. And v'nechnosin behen ba'azara. It's not considered a shoe. If it's considered a shoe, there's a halacha that a person cannot wear his shoes onto har habayis. So very interesting halacha. We learned we learned this in brachas. We'll have it again in Masechus Megillah. That when it comes to the covered harabayas, so when you go up there, you cannot wear your your shoes, your money belt. However, this samoychos, these knee pads, are not considered his shoes. Even though the this amputee walks on them, they're not considered his shoes. Kisei, what if he's in a chair? Let's imagine some type of wheelchair. The samoychos shaloi and his leg supports. Those are tamei midras. Those are tamei midras. Be'ein yoitzin behem b'shabbos. You cannot go out with the wheelchair and the leg support on Shabbos. Now, if you look at Rashi and you you look at the Rishonim, it means that the problem here is that when he has these samuchas, he has these leg supports, and he's being pushed in a wheelchair or he's wheeling himself. There's a concern that these supports will fall off. And since he's not resting his weight on them, he would carry it while he's in the wheelchair. So that would be the problem. But it seems like you could go out with the chair itself. There's actually a discussion, Igris Moshin, Chelek Dalet, I think it's Simen Sadi talks about someone who is uh, was in a wheelchair. Can they push themselves around on Shabbos? And he's Mako, he says, as long as they're doing it themselves, you don't have someone else pushing them and they cannot walk. So they're allowed to 
go around themselves with the wheelchair on Shabbos? What about uh, having someone else push them? So you have questions of Amir Lenachri, sometimes in Makkah Mitzvah. Again, this is only dealing when you have a Rishos HaRabim, or you have a place where there's not an Erev. If you have an Erev, there's no problem. You're allowed to carry anything, so of course you're allowed to push someone in a wheelchair. The question is, would Amir Lenachri be mutter? So it really depends on, on the place, it depends on the city, it depends on the need. You're going for, uh, you know, for, for a Kiddush, you're going for a Bar Mitzvah, and there's a there's a mental health concern as well. So many places in Marmakel that, that people could get pushed around with a nakhra, you'll see that. You go to New York or other areas where p- people typically won't rely on the Erev, they'd be makel to have a nakhra pushed into shul every Shabbos to go the rest of their life not going to shul. So most places can be makel to have a nakhra push them on Shabbos. Okay. That is regarding this uh, wheelchair thing. The Enoch Nasum Behen Bazara. And this Kisei is always considered his cheer, his, uh, his, 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 uh, his feet, his, his shoes. And you cannot go into the Azara like that. So this, if you look at the Rishonim again, this is also only referring to the Smeichais. A wheelchair, one would be allowed to go to the uh, Taharabais. Now, like Luktamin, the Gemara is going to explain what a Luktamin is. Just a preview, it means some type of mask that you would wear, uh, you know, your Pura mask. So to Hiren, it's Tar, it's not Mechabotumah, but Ve'en Yoytzimahem You cannot go out with them on Shabbos for various reasons. We mentioned a few reasons before that uh, it might fall off and you might carry it, or you might be embarrassed that if someone sees you, you look uh, like a clown, so you might end up hiding it and carrying it on Shabbos. So for those reasons, one cannot wear this Luktamin. Okay, so now the first part of the mission was a machlokes, Rab Meir and Rab regarding the the um, this wooden shoe, the bekav shaloi. Rab Meir said it's mutter, and Rab said it's aser. However, although that is what we have in our mishnayos, the Gemara grappled with the exact text of the Mishnah. Now, again, we have our Mishnah, so that's the conclusion, obviously, but let's see what the Gemara says. So I'm going to lay the Rav Nachman. Rav asked Rav Nachman, Hechi Tanan, how was it taught? Was there a mayor who was Mekel and Rav Yoisi Machmir, or the opposite? I'm going I don't know. I have no clue. Then he said, Hochasamai, who do we Paskin like? So, same answer. I'm going to I don't know. So, Itmar, we have another uh, discussion. I'm Shmuel. Shmuel says, Ein Hakitea. When you read the Mishnah, the Mishnah doesn't say Hakitea Yotze Bekavshaloi. It's Ein Hakitea Yotze Bekavshaloi. Divi Rabbi Meir, meaning Rabbi Meir is Machmir, and Rabbi Yosi is Meiko. V'chenam Rav Huna Ein Hakitea. So you, instead of reading the Mishnah Hakitea Yotze Divi Rabbi Meir, it's Ein Hakitea Yotze Divi Rabbi Meir. So the Machlekes is it's the exact opposite of our Mishnah. Amar Rav Yosef Hoyl Vamar Shmuel Enakitua Vamar Rav Huna Enakitea Ananami Nisni Enakitea. So that should be what we accept that we that we read the Mishnah wrong. It really should be Enakitea that a Kitea cannot go out. Not that he could go out, he cannot go out. That's the Shita of Rabbi Meir. Masif La Rav Bar Shira. Rav Bar Shila asked the following question: Lo Shemia Lahuha, you didn't hear about this? Demasni Lei Rav Chanan Bar Rav Lechia Bar Rav Kamei Dar Rav Ketanu Dar Rav. You didn't hear the story. Rav Chanan, who was the son of Rav, told Rav Chia Bar Rav in the name, in, in front of Rav in the yeshiva of Rav. What did he say? He said, "Ein Akitea Yotze B'Kavshla Dibra Meir." So he told her like you that "Ein Akitea Yotze B'Kavshla Dibra Meir." Meir is one that's Machmir of Yosi Mater Umachvile Rav Epoch, and Rav said, "No, no, no, you you, mix, you messed it up." So now that I know that Rav said the correct version of the Mishnah was as we have it in our print of the Vilna edition of Shas, so therefore, why are you bringing a proof from Shmuel? So I'm Rav Nachman Yitzchak, how do you remember who held what? The Simonach Samech Samech, that Rabbi Yoisi 
who has a Samach, Oyser, Rabbi Oyser is the one that's Machmir, that is your Samach, Samach. Okay. Vav Shmuel Hadrebe and Shmuel also went back on what he said. The Tanan, we learned in a Mishnah, if someone did Chalitza with a shoe that is not his, or the sandal shall eight, or you used a sandal of eight. Now we're talking about chalitza. So when it comes to chalitza, the psukim tell us you have to use a sandal. So it has to be yours. That's the as the pasuk said. Or a sandal shall eight. Or it's a shall small be a min. Or use the left shoe in the right in the right foot. Chalitza kishera. The chalitza is kosher. Va'amrin and mantana. And we said who is the tana of this mishnah? Amar Shmuel Reb Meir he. This is the opinion of Rab Meir. So what do you see from this, this uh, discussion? That if Rab Meir was the one that, that held, the Kavshalai is also to go out with on Shabbos because it's not a shoe. So how could Rab Meir say you're allowed to use this for Chalitza, where the Torah clearly requires one to use a shoe? So it must be that way. If Shmuel is telling me this, it was Hadar Bey. So after Shmuel, Hadar Bey, Shmuel went back on what he said, and he taught that that the way we have it in our Mishnah, Rabbi Yossi is the one that's Machmir, Rameir is Mekel, why is Rameir Mekel? Rameir holds this is considered a shoe. Obviously, if you use it for Chalitza, it's considered a shoe, and therefore you're allowed to walk out with it on Shabbos. Give me one second. Okay, Viter. So not only does Shmuel go back, Rav Huna also went back. It went back on what he said. The Tani went to Nebraisa Sandal Shel Sayadin. You have the painters. It doesn't mean a painter, but it means someone who was plastering. So they used to wear these, these big heavy boots. They were made out of wood. So Halacha is Tame Midras. It is Tame Midras, meaning this is considered something that people put their weight on it, sounding like a shoe. And the Isha Chaletzas boy, you could do, you could use this boot of the painter for Chalitza, and the Yoitzim boy b'Shabbos. You could go out with it on Shabbos. Divrei Rabbi Akiva. That is the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. All these things are considered shoes. Ve'loy hoiduloy. And the Chacham did not agree, did not agree to Rabbi Akiva. So the Gemara says va'atnan hoiduloy. We have a Mishnah in Idios in Parak Beis that they did that they did agree to Rabbi Akiva that you could use this for Chalitza. It's Tamei Midras. You had to go out with it on Shabbos. Um, Rav Huna. Rav Huna says, Man Who does it mean that it was Hoiduloi the Rabbi Akiva? That was our mayor. The mayor holds that our Mishnah, Hakitea Yoitza Bekavshaloi, Uman Loi Hoiduloi Rabbi Yoitzi. So clearly Rav Huna retracted on what he said, opening line of this Gemara, and he said that the Mishnah is correct, that our mayor is the one that says it's fine, that this is considered a shoe, and Rabbi Yoitzi holds it is not considered a shoe. Rabbi, now, that was. Machoikas Rav Meir and Rav Yosef. Now we have Rav Yosef Amar. Rav Yosef says, this is an Amaira, Rav Yosef, man, who is the one that said that we, he does not agree with Rabbi Kiva and you cannot use the shoe for Chalitza, the shoe of a painter, the sandal shel sayadin. It is Rav Yochanan ben Nuri. It's the opinion of Rav Yochanan ben Nuri. It's not the Mishnah. Kaveris, he had this uh, beehive, shel kash. It was made out of... Um, Straw, Ushay Farish, Akonami of this uh, tube, a reed of Kanim, of straw. Rabbi Kiva Metame, Rabbi Kiva says they're Tame, the Makabotoma, Rabbi Echemenui Metar, Rabbi Echemenui holds no, anything that's made out of straw is not considered Makabotoma. So, um, so, so the Gemara said, Amar, Sandal Shasayadim Tame Midras, the Sandal of Shayadim are Tame Midras. 
So that was what Rabbi Kiva said. Rabbi Kiva held that you're allowed to, that, that a shoe of the painter is considered a shoe, and therefore it's Tame Midras. So the Gemara says, hold on a second. Nobody uses it, nobody walks with them. Why is it considered a shoe? It's not made to walk, it's made to protect uh, their, their feet so they don't get burnt with this hot lime, whatever they were doing and using as paint. So since the painter, sorry, Metalia boy, would walk with it until he gets home, then it is in fact considered a shoe. So therefore, it's halachali, it's a shoe for halitza, and it's a shoe legabi shabbos. So by the way, this is the second time in the Dafyami already we're mentioning this, uh, this chiddush of Rav Asher Weiss. So if you look in Parsha Shalach, in his Sefer Minchaz Asher, he talks about a talus, so, or tzitzis. So many people wear cotton tzitzis. There's a psaq, we, we mentioned this as well in the Dafyami Shurim, that we pask in that cotton or sharmin and begadim, according to the Ramah, is a chiv daraisa to wear tzitzis on it. And there's a whole discussion. Perhaps one should wear wool versus cotton. And one of the defense, defenses of not wearing wool is the problem is wool is very sweaty. And a person feels uncomfortable by wearing wool. So allegedly there was a back and forth between the Chazinish and either Rav Shlomo or other Gedarelim in Yerushalayim regarding this question. So in general, it raises the, the following point. When we wear tzitzis, so the Gemara, so look at the Beis Yosef, he tells us that in order for a beged, in order for an article of clothing to be obligated in tzitzis, first of all, it has to have four corners, we know that, right? It has to have a dollar confoys. Additionally, it has to have hanoas levisha. You have to have some benefit from wearing it. So the question is, for most people, they wear, I don't know, an undershirt, a shirt, a jacket, a suit, a tie, a back of shirt, whatever they're wearing, they already are fully clothed. So why do we say that our talus katan is chayev and sitzis? I don't get any hanas levisha. It's not keeping me warm. I'm plenty hot without it. Or let's say a talus and shul. Sometimes you're very easy. It's very hot. And you're wearing a talus as well. You're not getting any hanas levisha. You're not getting any benefit from wearing this. So why, in fact, are you allowed to make a brach on your talus, allowed to make a brach on your talus katan? If you wear it as an undershirt, okay, but let's say you wear it on the shirt, you wear a shirt on the top, you wear a jacket, you're not getting any hanas levisha from wearing it. So Rav Asher Weiss builds a Yisoyed, which we had a few times. We had this in Brachis earlier when we spoke about the Ner for Havdalah. So there the Gemara tells us that Ein Mavarchin Ela Al Haner Sha'asi Lehaer. You can only make a Birchas Havdalah, Bayre Ma'ar on fire that was made to light up the room. An example that you cannot use is you cannot use fire from your stove. From the oven. That was the Gemara's case, the, the ninth parak of Brachis. Spoke about in the ninth parak. Spoke about this this halacha. So the question is, today when you when you light your havdalah candle, you, you don't need the light. You have electricity. You don't need the light. Nobody ever thought about using the light for havdalah. So why why do they highlight a bracha boirim areish on my ner havdalah? So he has a he brings a proof from a nuance in how the Gemara uses the following uh, term when it comes to chalitza. When it comes to chalitza. Uh, so over here, the Gemara says that the sandal shel sayadin, the sandal of sayadin, of the painters, w- nobody walks in them. So the Gemara says that if he wanted, Shekinah Sayyid Metayel boy at Shemigiel he in fact would walk with it home. So that's why it's called a shoe. However, when it comes to uh, the Gemara in Yavamis, the Gemara talks about the sandala shel beidina, which means the, the sandal that a bezdin has. If you look at, uh, you go to your local Besdin or whatever, you'll see 
many Batidinim have a chalitza slipper, chalitza shoe. So nobody would ever wear that. Even in the Gemara's days, that's not a shoe. You wouldn't uh, go buy it in your sh local shoe store, the sandal that they use in a bezin for chalitza. So the Gemara asks, why is that considered a shoe? The sandal of Shalbaidina, that's not considered a shoe. That doesn't look like a shoe to me. So the Gemara answers that if he wanted, the Gemara says that if he wanted, we would allow him to walk at home. The Gemara said like this, that if the guy said, can I, can I use it to walk home? Would we tell him, no, you can't, it's not a shoe? We would say, you want to wear it? Gesundte hate. So as long as it's capable of being a shoe, even though nobody would call it a shoe, it works. So what's the difference? Why does our Gemara and Shabbos say that people actually walk home with it versus the chalitza, the chalitza shoe they use in Bezin? So Rav Shavai says that it depends on how it's made. If it's made specifically for the mitzvah, my talus cotton. Where did I buy it? In a Judaica store. My Avdala candle. I only lit it for Avdala. My shoe of chalitza. All of these things are made specifically for the mitzvah. So then, as long as it's technically able to be used as a baguette or used as a candle or as a shoe, then it's fine. However, if you're taking a different type of fire or you're taking a shoe and you want to use this as chalitza, so then it only works if it's actually uh, a shoe. So that helps us understand why we make a bracha every morning on our talus or on our tits, even though we're not getting any hanas levish from it. But since if I wanted, I could use this as an undershirt. If I wanted, I could use the talus as a blanket. It's fitting to be a, a beged, and therefore you do make a bracha. So just a fascinating chiddush. We had it in brachas. We have it again here in Shabbos. Okay. So Moshe just, just uh, joined. We are up to... Seven lines from the bottom, Samach Vav Amar Aleph, Vim Yeshloi Beis Kibul Ketitin Tame. So we said this shoe, if it has a base Kibul, if you could put an insert in it, a soft uh, cloth in it uh, to make your foot comfortable, so then the shoe is considered, a, has a clay Kibul, it has a receptacle, and therefore it's Makabal Tuma. So Amar Abaya, Abaya said Tame Tumas Meis, Vain Tame Midras. When we say it's Tame, it's only Tame Tumas Meis, meaning that if a, if a mace if this got in contact with a mace, it would become tummy. However, when it comes to midras, so midras is when a zav or a zava leans on it, but it means they have to put their weight on it. We spoke about this when we spoke about barrels that have very specific halachas. You have a whole mesechta in Taharis talking about this. Very specific halachas that it can't be that you're sitting on a barrel because a barrel we tell you get up and we want to use the barrel. Uh, what's it called? That was the Gemara. So over here, he's saying that this shoe, even though it's uh, it's a uh, it's made for the amputee, still it is not metame midras. That's Abaya's opinion. Rava Amar no aftame midras. It is also metame midras. That means if the zav would step in it and he would he would walk around with it, it would be tame. Amar Rava, me no, me How do I know? Quick, quick question. Yeah, sure. Uh, why is why is Abaya jump from from tame mace to midras tuma? I mean, does that mean that anything in between is not susceptible to? Like, what about Sharon's tuma or? Yeah, he should have said Thomas Magla. You're right. He should have said Thomas Magla. Thomas Magla would have made more sense. If, if someone touches it, it's Tame. But if someone sits on it, it's, it's without touching it. You're 100% right. It's a funny term that he should, he should have said Thomas Magla and not Thomas Midras. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. So it's a very, uh, very it, good point. Yeah. Maga, Maga, what, what would the best touch what would become? If a zav touches, uh, if a zav touches something, it's also Thomas Maga. But it would be what? Be recent, right? 
It would be a Rishon Latoma, yeah. So, I have no problem with Midras. Adam's asking, why do you have to tell me Mace versus Midras? That's not a comparison. Maga versus Midras. Mace is the Tumma that the person has. The transform, the, the transferring of Tumma, that's the, that's the term. It should be either Maga through touching it or through sitting on it. I think that's a very good question. I don't know. I didn't uh, think of that before. Excellent question. But either way, Abayah says it's not Tame Tumas Midras, Varava Amar Av Tame Midras. It is, in fact, Tame Midras, meaning if you were sitting on it, even if you weren't physically touching it, it would still be Tame Tumas Midras. So Amar Rava, Mino Amino, how do I know that the shoe, this, uh, this prosthetic, would be Tame Tumas Midras? It's not we went in a Mishnah in Beitza, Agala Shalkat, and you have a child's uh, wagon that they used to walk around with. So imagine your, uh, I don't know, your, your, your push cart. Tamea Midras. That means if the katan would be a zav somehow, then it would be Tame Midras because he leans on it. Abaya Amar, Abaya says no. Hassan, when it comes to that Gemara, that Mishnah and Beitza, which says that the child who leans on it makes it Tame, that's Samech Ilave. That's made that a child should lean on it to be able to learn how to walk, right? Before you could, uh, before he could run in, before he could walk, he has to walk around with those push things. In our case, it's not made to lean on. And if you look at Rashi, look at the Rishonim, the point is that they would wear it in order to conceal their, their, uh, their mum. They would conceal their, their amputation by wearing these things. It wasn't so that it would help them walk. It was in order to conceal and to, to hide their, uh, their wounds. So Abayah says the, the design was not to be Samechilave, but Rava says, no, at the end of the day, they do lean on it, and therefore it's Mechabal Tumas Midras. Amar Abayah, how do I know that it's not a problem? The Tani Muntin Ibraisa, Makel Shel Zekenim, you have a Makel, which is a stick, a cane. Makel Shel Zekenim, Tahar Meklum, it's considered Tahar, not Mechabal Tumas, because it's not made for Smicha, it's not made for you to rest, to, to lean your weight on. Because the elder person, the, old, the older person would be able to walk on his legs, but he needed the extra support. Varava, how does Rava answer? It's a, it's a good raya, that if, if uh, the cane is not Mechabal Tumah Midras, so why would you say that these prosthetics would be Thomas Midras? So Rava says, Hassam, over there, it's there to straighten his steps and to make sure he walks in a uh, controlled way. But he's not leaning his weight on it. But hacha, in our case, lisma chilavi huda avida, in our case, the uh, the shoes, these prosthetics, are there designed to actually lean on it. You're right, there is this uh, added advantage that nobody sees his wound. But still, the point is to, to lean your weight on it, and therefore Rava Paskin, this is obviously how we're going to go with Rava, it's not one of the Yalkagam, so we always pass like Rava, a kineged going against the Baya, and therefore v'samachalei, the person will lean on it, and it is, in fact, Tumas Midras. So just by the way, some halachas that do come up, if someone has a cane or crutches, so of course, if you do not have a, if you have an Eruv in town, so there's no Shiloh, but let's say a person lives out of the Eruv or you live in a place where there's a Rosh Hashanah, so there might be differences if you're, being, if you're violating Issa Durabanan versus Daraisa, so it's good to figure out where you live, but when it comes to crutches or a cane, if a person needs it to walk, they literally cannot walk without it, so then they are allowed to walk with it in the street on Shabbos, that would be for a cane or for crutches. However, a person could walk, but they can't walk too far, so then you have to figure out 
which category they're in, and perhaps they will not be able to walk with crutches on Shabbos. Again, it depends on looking for Heterim when it comes to the Rabbanans, versus a Deraisa, we tend to be more Machmir. And all these prosthetics, the way they're designed today, they, there would not be a question at all. One would definitely be allowed to wear those uh, on Shabbos. There is a question, if you, if you go back, so we said that Rashi learns that the reason why they were not allowed to wear these prosthetics, according to Rabbi Yossi, was because Rabbi Yossi held that these shoes are wooden shoes, and wooden shoes are not called shoes, right? We got into chalitza, tumma questions. That was the opinion of Rashi. Rabbi Nutam held no. The reason why you can't walk with it on Shabbos is because since they, weren't, they were not fitted, it would slip out. It would slip away from you on Shabbos, and you had this concern you might carry it in Rosh Hashanah. So... Therefore, the can say that even according to that opinion, they're made so well that there will not be a concern they're going to fall off. However, some of the contemporary can pick up on this concept that if shoes are going to fall off, you might have this concern. So I remember uh, when I was in Yeshiva, in, uh, in Eretz there were those that we discussed, can a person wear na'ot, na'ot or crocs on Shabbos? So maybe if you're wearing these, uh, so na'ot or crocs are typically... You, you, they don't fall off, but slides, for those that know what I'm talking about, there you could, you could figure out it might be a concern that it would slip off. So again, it depends how tight they are. There perhaps would be a concern they would slip off on Shabbos. But even then, one could argue that when it comes to the, the kitea, the amputee, it's a whole asec to put it back together. So on Shabbos, he might just you know, decide, I'm not going to put it back, I'll carry it. But why would someone carry their slides on Shabbos? If they're, not, if, if, if they're able to put it on, they'll put it back on. So therefore, halacha lemaisa, one could walk around with clogs, naot, uh, crack slides, even in Rosh Hashanah, as long as they don't fall off every second. And even if they do, one could argue we don't paskin to that concern. Okay. Next, the Mishnah said that you had this wheelchair, you know, the, uh, a medieval time wheelchair. So the Mishnah said to me in Midras, the Tami Midras, because it is considered his shoe. So why can he not wear it on Shabbos if it's a shoe? So the concern was that these supports for his knees would fall off. And since he's not walking on them, he's being pushed in a chair, or he's being supported by a chair, he would just carry them on Shabbos. You could bring these into the Azara. You could, they said, Rabbi Yechanan said to that Tamar Chacham, I hold that a woman could use these for Chalitza. Meaning it is a shoe. So if it's a shoe, you cannot bring it into the Azara. Vat Amrit Nechnasin, and you're telling me uh, that you could go into the Azara? So the Gemara says you're right. They changed the Lashon Tani, E Nechnasin Vahen Lazara. So the Mishnah must have been that you cannot go into the Azara with these because they are, in fact, considered a shoe. So if they're considered a shoe, back to square one, why can't you wear it on Shabbos? So as we said, there was a concern it would fall off and you would end up carrying it. Luktimin, so the last part of the Mishnah said these Luktimin are Tahira, these Luktimin. What is Luktimin? So my Luktimin, Amarabiabo, Hamara da Kappa. It's a, it looks like a donkey that you're carrying on your shoulders. So um, it looks like, I think it looks like you are riding on the donkey, uh, the donkey's riding on you. Yeah, or, uh, sorry, Rashi says it was some type of donkey that you would put on your shoulders, and the late son and the clowns do this, Venera Kimisha Roychev Alav. Okay, so that's what it looks like. I'm a rabbi. Rava bar papa amar kishire. It's these stilts that you would walk on, walk on if uh, 
if you're walking in muddy places, so you would not get your feet all muddy, so you have these stilts, so you cannot wear them, on, use these on Shabbos. Rava, Barafuna, Amar Parami, which is how we translate in the Mishnah, it's some type of mask. So it was a mask, they would do it to scare the children or to scare adults. So uh, that was the mask, that was a mask they would wear, so one cannot wear that on Shabbos, cannot go out with that, cannot go out with that into Rosh Hashanah. The quote is, it is not considered an ornament. Additionally, you have other issues of, you might take it off, but here it sounds like it would be an Isidar, right? So it is not considered an ornament. Next, Mishnah. So the Mishnah says, Abonim Yoitzin Biksharim, that these, uh, these boys, the, 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 the boys could go out with these Ksharim, some type of knots that are tied onto their necks. We'll see what this means. Ubenim Malachim, and the sons of kings could go out with with these bells. So we said the bells that make noise. V'chol Adam, really any person. So why do we pick these two? El Shadibru Chachamim Behoiveh. The Chacham just gave you the typical case that these people would always walk around with these things. So we're going to go through it one by one. My Ksharim, what does it mean they could go out with these knots? So Amr Adam Mari. Amr of Nachman bar Baruch, Amr of Ashi bar Avin, Amr of Yehuda, Kishure Pua. That it was some type of plant. Article calls it the matter plant. So some type of plant. And they had some, had some type of healing powers. Kishure Pua. And it would heal these children so they would walk around with this wrapped around their neck. So now we're going to get into a whole daf of this discussion regarding various medieval medicines, maybe tomorrow's daf, we'll spend a few more minutes discussing, do we rely on these things, what does it mean for us, how do we understand that in light of, of you know, scientific knowledge today, so maybe we'll discuss that for a few minutes tomorrow. So I'm Aim, my mother told me, so Abaya was raised, was not raised by his mother, his mother died in childbirth, so Abaya is, a, actually it's a Rashi Tevis, Aleph Beis Yud Yud, Asher Becha Yerucham Yasaim, so that's Abaya, he was raised by his Rabbeim, by Rabbah, by Nachmeni, different, uh, different Rabbeim he had, so, but he always calls it as his mother. So there's another Gemara, this is in Kedushin, that his mother, uh, whoever took care of him, he called her his mother, called, him, called her his mother, and he quotes her many times throughout Shas. So he says like this, Amalei Eim, told me, Tlasa, if you have three knots, three of these necklaces, Moikmei, it will stabilize the, the sickness, Chamisha, five, Masu, that heals shiva. If you have seven, I feel shafim ma'ali. Even helps to to uh, send away kishafim the, the sorcerers. Amar b'achav Yaakov v'hud lechazil shimshav v'sihara. It's only if this the sick person with his necklace did not see the shimsha, the sun, v'sihara, or the moon. V'loy chazimitru. He never saw rain. Okay. V'loy shmiyale kol barzla. He never heard the sound of metal. Uh, the noise made when you smash uh, iron, so no drums. The cold time, the girl didn't hear the voice of the rooster, the cold nigre, and not the sound of footsteps. So I'm Rav Nachman by Yitzchak, Nafa puta bebera, take your puta, take your plant and throw it in the garbage, into the, into the well. There's no way anyone's going to have a, an example. You have all these knots and didn't see the sun, moon, rain, no noise. How is this happening? So never mind. Okay, that was option number one. Option number two, uh, we're going to see what exactly Kshar are. So the Gemara says, My area bunim, afilu bunis nami. 
why did the Mishnah specify children, uh, boys? What about girls? In my area, why only young boys? If it's refuah, if it's medicine, so it's only in the children's medicine section of, of your pharmacy? Why wouldn't it work for everyone? So, Elamai Kisharim, what does Kisharim mean? Kihadamar Avin Barhuna, Amrav Chama Barguria. That Rav Huna said the name of Rav Chama Bar Guria. Ben, you have a son, Sheish Gagum. Gagum is yearnings. Al Aviv, he yearns for his father and he uh, he doesn't want to go away. Noitel Ritsuli So the father should take a strap from his right shoe, the Kaisher Lai and you would tie it onto your son's left hand. And this is some type of Segula, and he won't be cranky anymore, it won't be attached to you. So Amar of Nachman Yitzchak v'Simon, how do you remember this? Tefillin. So it's tefillin, which is you take from your right hand and you tie onto your left hand. So you're taking your your strap from your right shoe, tying it onto the left hand of your son. V'chilufa. But if you mess up, you put the left shoe strap on the right hand of your son. Don't try this at home, because you might mess up. Fine. Amar Avon Barahuna, Amar Avchama Barguria, Sachufe Kasa Atiburi B'Shabasa. A person could take a cup that had. Sorry, sorry, sorry. How does this answer the question of Banim and Banais and Kitanim and Gedailu? Uh, so it only works, for some reason, it only works for them. Now, how? I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe because their tefillin is only for children and it's a son that has Gagum on his father. Maybe an adult wouldn't have Gagum on his father. I have no clue. Your guess is as good as mine, but that's my assumption. The Gemara uses this as an answer, so you have to get into it. It's a bunim, so it's only sons, and tefillin, so it's, and it's gaguim. So you do the math, it makes sense, it makes more sense than Abaya's thing of Rafua. How does, what is, why is Rafua singled out for bunim katanim? But that would be I'm my guess. To, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought if you put, you reverse, uh, like, but you right, you left you, it's kasha that shecha, or that's something different. Yeah, it's a, that's another question. Here, he's not putting shoes on. He's putting a strap from the right shoe onto his left, onto the left hand of his son. So, uh, interesting. Okay, I don't really, honestly, I don't understand all these things. Maybe tomorrow we'll discuss how we understand the meaning. What, what's the mahalach? There are many gemaras throughout Shas. We'll talk about zugim, drinking, drinking in peers, the gemara in Avi Pesach. And we, many times throughout Shas, the gemara tells us certain things, which today people would do it. You would laugh at them. You would say... What are you concerned for? This is Rafua. Let, let's say, uh, let's say we knew that someone had this uh, thing. I'll give you an example. There are certain th- medications that the Gemara tells us were machalish that your machal Shabbos for, right? So bismanazeh. Would a would a Paisik say, yes, go drive on Shabbos to this this place where they have this Rafua available, relying on something that in the last 1,500 years have not been used to treat illness? So it's a very good question. So we'll see how, how there, are different, there are different opinions about this, obviously. So we'll see me cuts out cuts of different opinions, how we view Chazal, their understanding of science and medicine. Samir Tashem, tomorrow we'll spend a few minutes on it. Okay, let's finish the daf. Amar Avon Barhun, Amar Avchama Barguria, he said, Sachufe Kasa Atibur Bishab. So a person's allowed to take a hot cup. So imagine you had a, a glass that you just finished your tea in and you empty it out, but it's still warm, still hot. So you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to take it and put it atibure on his uh, belly, on his navel, Bishab, on Shabbos. 
Sushapar dummy, it will be mutter. And it's not a problem. Now, we had this on Dafmem, I think, that there was a concern the water is going to spill, but here you don't have water here. You're not going to get hurt. And it's not refuel, because since there's no medicine to be done here, this is not considered refuel on Shabbos. So this does come up. We'll, we'll get to this a different time regarding using an ice pack on Shabbos. So many of the parts can say that since there's no, it's not a medicine thing, it will be the same as this heter, since the whole problem of taking medicine on Shabbos, unless a person's a chile she'en by sakana, but a person just has a minor ache, so halachically, there's a gzera of shechika samamanim, a person cannot take a, a pill if they're just not feeling well, because they might grind the medicine on Shabbos, so that's only when it, there's an application to be taken that involves medicine. However, if it's just uh, an ice pack or one of these things, you're allowed to anoint oil and salt on Shabbos on the palms of your hands in order to be mafig, which means to take you back from shechrusa, your, your drunkenness. If a person is drunk and they want to get uh, sober, they're allowed to use this oil and salt. Kihad rav huna, mi rav, v'rav, mi rabchia, all these different amirom, when they would get drunk, either by a wedding or they got drunk. Rashi said they got drunk, you know, when they came to this house. They were learning to get drunk. So they would bring oil and salt, they would uh, smear it on the palm of their hands, on the soles of their feet. And this way, they would they would get, you know, bring them back. And they said, and they would say these words, not just. Uh, you know, it wasn't a refu, it was some type of thing to say. The same way this oil is smooth. So it should save the the uh, the wine, meaning it should take out the wine from Plania, this person, the son of this woman. So Plani bar Planisa. If this doesn't work, or you don't have these things, you bring a cover or some type of thing that you would cover the barrels with for Shari Libamaya, soak in the water of Shia. The same way uh, it, this uh, this barrel or this cover gets thinned out from the water. So the wine of this person should also get thinned out and the alcohol should should uh, should come out. A person could do these choking exercises like hanging from your neck on Shabbos. That's the way they would heal. That was your chiropractor back then to do these types of things. You had to do that on Shabbos. Let us swaddle a infant on Shabbos in order to straighten out the bones. Don't do this at home, but that would be allowed. Again, there will be no problem with refu on Shabbos because the, the child, the infant is bitsar, and b'makam tsar, there's no gzera. Rav Papa Masni Banim, he learned uh, that what was mutter. Is talking about Bunim, sons, Rav Zvid Masni Bain, that I was talking about one son. So the Gemara just doesn't get into what will be the difference, but we're just trying to figure out who was it said in the name of Rav Papa Masni Bunim and Tervayu Masni Lehu, but Oven Barhuna. And he learned these two halachas in the name of Oven Barhuna, and that's why he quoted it as Bunim. Rav Zvid Masni Bain, Rav Zvid heard, he learned that it's Bain, not Bunim. Why? 
Because Kamaisa, the first halacha, that the son who is yearning for his father, so Masni Ba'avan Barhuna, he learned that from Avan Barhuna, Vahai Masni Labaraba Barhana, the Amarab Barhana, Lafufi, Yenuka Bishab, so Shapadami, so he learned from Rabba Bar Barhana. So he was just quoting who he learned it from. Next, Amar Abaya, Abaya said, Amar Li'im, Amar Tomi, Komen, Yone, any all these uh, countings, all these uh, incantations. So, that that he heard in the name of his mother, the whole kitre bismale. So I'm sorry, bishmadima. Uh, you use the the mother's name, meaning whenever you're saying all these things, you would say Ruvain ben Leah. You wouldn't say the father's name. The whole kitre, and all these times that do, all the tyings that they would do for a four bismala, you should use your left hand to tie it. Anytime there's a list, there's a number of how many times to say it, so say it according to that number, five times, 20 times, whatever it says. With Lemafarshi, if it doesn't say explicitly how many times to say it, say it 41 times. Just by the way, the, uh, the Svarim pick up on this Gemara. The Gemara talks about that you're supposed to use the name of the mother. So we know when a person davens for chayla, you use the mother's name. So there are many, uh, many of the svarim discussed trying to figure out why, why specifically to use the mother's name. Most of the pious can end up saying kachi haminog. That's the minog without really finding a makar. So I saw the Torah Shema. He says that typically our mothers um, have this the schus of imahis. You know, we just had Mother's Day, so every day is Mother's Day. That women typically have greater schusim. They don't have the avoyin of bittul Torah, the avoyin of herhurim necessarily. So therefore, we always try to invoke the schus of our mothers. So that's one pshat. There are many other pshatim, but either way, the poskim will say that's the minog. That's the minog. We do it in shul by Misha Berach. and this gemara clearly says that Abaya heard the name of his mother that you should always say it bishma deima. Tanu Rabbanu. We know what in the Brisa. Yotzim Evan Tekuma B'Shabbos. A person's allowed to go with his Evan Tekuma, some type of stone that had a hollow in it, and the point was to save from a miscarriage. It's actually brought in Shulchan Aruch. It is actually brought in uh, Dr. Abraham's book, Nishmat Avram, some type of stone that people would wear. So it's a Gemara. The Gemara says you're allowed to wear this on Shabbos. Mishumra Meir Amru after Mishkal, even if it wasn't the actual Evan Tukuma, it was on the Mishkal Evan Tukuma, meaning when they were selling or they were, when they were measuring the Evan Tukuma. So whenever you would measure something, you know, pre-scales, pre-digital scales, you would have, you know, put something on the other side. So the weight that was measuring it, that, that would measure the Evan Tukuma, that weight had, no pun intended, weight when it comes to preventing miscarriages. So then you're allowed to wear this around your neck on Shabbos. Veloishe, Pilan, doesn't mean a woman who has necessarily has a history of miscarriages. Ella, Shema even if she's just concerned, maybe she might, have a, she might have a miscarriage, she'd be allowed to wear that going out on Shabbos. Veloishe, Ibra, and not even if she knows that she's pregnant, Ella Shematis even if she doesn't even know she's pregnant. The Prima Gadam says, women don't know when they're pregnant. This is a couple hundred years ago. So today you have a pregnancy test, but still, people don't always know right away. So if you look at Dr. Abraham, he brings um, studies from the Journal of Medicine. Fascinating how this still applies today. That's that since people want to wear it, even if she doesn't even know she's pregnant, Shamatis Aber, the tapil, so she's allowed to wear that on Shabbos. That's only when 
the weight was equal, meaning we say not only the Evan Takuma, even the weight that was used to weigh against the Evan Takuma, you're allowed to use this, you're allowed to wear this on Shabbos. So Rav Yemar says that's only when it actually was equal. But let's say you have to add on to this weight in order to get the, the proper weight, you have to shave off some of it, so then that wouldn't be, wouldn't have this power of Evan Takuma. Baya baya, mishkol de mishkol. Let's say the weight of the weight. So you have to weigh your weight before you weigh the Evan Takuma. So you weighed the weight... So that weight, which is three, which is two steps removed from Evan Takuma, can he wear that on Shabbos? Does it work? My teku. We'll leave it. We'll leave it for uh, Elio Anavi. The Amar Abaya. One more halacha here. Amar aim. My mother told me, let's say a person has fever every day. So before you take your uh, your talon every day, lishko zuza chivara. Take your uh, a a brand new coin. So it's called a white coin, but it means some type of silver. Veleza lemelchasa, go to a, a salt evaporating uh, place. It's fascinating. I was just at a uh, company in Minnesota. They don't do the evaporation there, but we were. It's one of the biggest uh, salt companies in America, and they were just giving me the whole background. So they still do this today. You have salt uh, collected from oceans, and they are they are stored, so to say, in a sun. It's called a sun pond where it's usually in Brazil, near Brazil or Mexico, in, in good, uh, good climates for this, and the sun, the heat evaporates the water, and you have lots of salt there, and that salt gets boated, shipped into the United States, and goes all around the world. Okay, so that was last week's fun in Kashras. The ladies in the Mechasa, so go take this coin to this place with this, uh, the sun pond that, that is evaporating the salt, and take salt that's the same weight as this, and tie it onto your neck, with a strand of hair. If this is not available, sit by the, uh, the fork in the road. When you see an ant, that's a, a large ant, the dairy media that's carrying something, take it and put it in a copper tube and, and, and close it off with lead. And use 60 seals, so a lot of kashras tape, barzule, and shake it up, vilidre, and you should uh, you can't pick it up, vilimale, and you should say, I'll carry your uh, your burden, you ant, and my burden, my package, my peckle, my uh, fever every day, Allah, you take it. So the Gemara Why would you do that? Maybe this ant 10 minutes ago was on the road, and some other guy who learned Shabbos stuff, Simon Fuffman days, told this ant that you should take my peckle, and now by you taking the ant's peckle, you're taking the other guy's peckle. So don't do that. <laughs> Maybe someone else had, had this ant first. Not only are you taking uh, mine, you should take your peckle as well. Viloy, if that doesn't work, last piece. Lishko Kuzakala to take a new uh, earthenware Kaylee. A new one, Velezel and Nahara go to the river. Velemele tell the river, Nahara, Nahara, river, river, Uspan, Kuza Demaya. Can you lend me a uh, cup of water? La Archa de Ikule, and I'll, uh, in order to put my my fever, my orchas, my routine, my routine fever, I need to put it in. And you, uh, you do kaparas. You, you, you swing it around your head seven times. And you throw it back, backwards into the river. Take back your water. You see, in one day, my daily fever could go 
out in the same day, and this is, I don't know, this is some type of kaparis you would do on the water, getting rid of your fever. So tomorrow, we'll continue this discussion. We have a few more lines before we get to the next Mishnah. Yashar Koyach.